So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Who Talks First? I am one of your hosts, I'm CT. I'm your other host, but not your final host. I'm Solo. Because, very exciting, not only is this like a super last minute podcast, but we have our first podcast guest. We do. We had to figure this out, so if you'd like to introduce yourself... Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm from the podcast Scavengers Horde. Thank you for having me. Thank you for messaging me and being like, <laughs> can we talk right now? Because this is so important. Yeah, it's pretty big news. I feel like I'm almost cheating on Rachel in a way. <laughs> she I'm went to bed. Oh, no. <laughs> she lives in London. So mm. she's obviously eight hours ahead of us on the West mm-hmm. Coast. And I was, this big news dropped. And I was like, I have to talk about this with someone. I'm glad that we could finally have at least one of you on. We'll have both of you on <laughs> soon. Yeah, no, now that we finally gonna... figured this out. Yeah, if we can make it work. So uh, if you haven't heard by now, because this is like a breaking news podcast, because we just need to talk about it. Colin Trevorrow is officially off of episode nine after everything. And I just want to know from you guys before I say my two cents. First impressions. Um, Relieved. <laughs> okay i mean partly that's just you know trying to look at it from a positive angle right Mm -hmm. but it's almost laughable at this point because i feel like being a star wars director is cursed um that picture you posted on tumblr with (laughs) all four star wars directors yeah Um, it was an instagram photo from a while ago i can't remember who took it but it was gareth edwards lord of miller and Colin Trevorrow, and the caption was four Star Wars directors. But yeah, it's kind of weird because there have been whispers for a while that he was kind of a um, like seat warmer director, that they'd, they'd had his name attached to it and he was working on the development, but there was always this implication that eventually he would be replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still kind of a surprise when it happens, isn't it? Yeah, I was... Because again, we're kind of expecting it with like everything that happened with like Jack Thorne, and he's being replaced as a writer, the Han Solo drama, I, and just with, like, the Book of Henry drama, it, I in a way, I saw it coming, but at the same time, like, now that it's actually happened, I'm relieved, but at the same time, I'm... I'm just, I'm just terrified. I mean, I'm so relieved because when you were like, it's Colin Trevorrow. And I was like, what has he worked on? You were like Jurassic World. And I was like, oh God, no. (laughs) Oh God. Personally, I did not super care for Jurassic World. It wasn't awful, but it's not who I want to be handling a nuanced film like Star Wars. Jurassic World (laughs) was okay at Mm -hmm. best. At best. Basically, uh... Who do you who do you guys think will be good replacements? Uh, do you think I'm like I'm not sure if Jack Thorne is a director. I'm, he's not, as far as I'm aware. Okay. As far as I'm aware, he's only a writer. So, um, I mean, whoever it is, they probably already have them lined up, and they're going to announce it in a couple of days, just like they did with the whole Han Solo thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I kind of assumed too. Like everyone's like putting in their two cents, and obviously I have I have two. I think they probably already know. And I am okay with a lot of different people, but my first choice is definitely just having Ryan finish it. Mm-hmm. I've loved everything Ryan has said about The Last Jedi. Um, I haven't even seen it yet. And I'm like, let him finish. But he invented porgs. I'll trust that man with That's my life. <laughs> he did. So, uh, yeah, like, in, 
in Colin Trevorrow's defense, because I am relieved at this, but at the same time, like, he did have some things I liked that he said (laughs) regarding how he approaches, like, love stories and redemption and just, I liked what he had to say about that. So I Mm -hmm. hope, uh, but I didn't trust him to follow through. I, I trusted him to follow through. I didn't necessarily trust him to follow through well, especially with the female characters. Yeah. <laughs> there, there has been a few occasions where Colin Trevorrow has said things about how he's approaching Star Wars, and I'm like, okay, this is good to hear, but uh, I, I haven't necessarily enjoyed any of your films. I have not seen Safety Not Guaranteed. Have you, Kirsty? I have, and I enjoyed it, Um, and it did kind of explore some of those broad themes that you were talking about with things Mm -hmm. like love and isolation and loneliness and people coming together and finding connection um Mm -hmm. which is encouraging so i i would like to believe that they initially chose him for the right reasons but it just hasn't worked out because like you say you can have a good idea but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to translate into a fantastic product um and i and i totally agree about jurassic world i think i think i saw it one time and i was not impressed i just thought it was such an average kind of action movie yeah i know it was very commercially successful but that's Mm. not really enough for me um Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm hoping they bring someone in with a bit more flair yeah because you can put out anything with star wars's name on it and it will be commercially successful that does not make it a good film and i want these to be good films. Yeah, I think I regardless, uh, obviously, every Star Wars movie will be a hit. Yeah. I think it'll be a long time before a Star Wars movie just flops. Mm-hmm. I think it would have to be really oversaturated for it to flop. Do you guys have any directors that you specifically uh, would like to see take on the role? I'm with you on the Ryan Johnson thing, because I do think it makes sense to have some kind of continuity going on. Cause there's been the whole plot gate thing right um with them talking yeah. about how each director is free to pick up things where the other one le- leaves off and just mm-hmm. do their own thing but if you want to have a cohesive trilogy it makes sense for them to have some roadmap and i think that's probably what the story group is doing anyway just kind of more behind the scenes um and there were rumors to start with that ryan was writing a treatment um i think he said since then that that's not what's happened but it yeah, doesn't mean doesn't mean he can't then become more involved now. I just don't know what he's got coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I would really like to see a director for a Star Wars film that isn't a white man. Yeah, that's kind of like where I'm torn. If they're going with somebody new, I would love to see a woman or a woman of color mm-hmm. take this position. But at the same time, I think still my first choice, if I got to choose out of anyone, would be... Uh, Ryan, just because I know my one of my biggest concerns about the sequel trilogy right now is the story not having a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's just how they're approaching it with saying that, oh, we didn't really plan something beforehand, which creative freedom is totally great. But at the same time, if you didn't have a plan, why are you making three movies? then? Yeah. Like if you're going to make a trilogy, I want to know that you had a reason for wanting to make this trilogy. Besides that... Besides money. Every other one has been a trilogy, so why not this one? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do think that they play up those elements just to emphasize the creative freedom like you're talking about. Um, but if you listen to what Ryan Johnson actually has to say about the characters and the themes of the story, um, I do think they have an idea of where they're going. It's just that things have to be in flux to make 
in a better product, right? Because things will change as they're actually going through production. Yeah, and I think that's another reason why actually Ryan Johnson may have said these things because all of his ideas didn't contradict with what Lucasfilm wanted in the begin with. So that might be why Lord and Miller and Colin Trevorrow had such issues because their vision were different. Was different. Ryan was like, I had no problem. They let me do whatever I wanted. And it was probably because you wanted to do what they wanted to do. Right. So right. It's like they give them a free reign to start with, and then they come to the table with their pitch or whatever it is that they've written, and Mm -hmm. then that's when things start going back and forth a bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, they have to kind of give them free reign to start with, otherwise they're not the ones truly writing it. So. But I mean, I like Ryan's art direction, and I, I hope that they, at least bring him on in some form to help out with nine. And I assume if they're bringing on a brand new director, they kind of have to, because they talked about before that JJ and Ryan had at least collaborated on ideas beforehand. So while they may not have in specifically instructed uh, Ryan that he had to do plot A, plot B, or plot C. At least you kind of know that behind the scenes, Ryan knew about JJ's damn mystery boxes. Ryan Johnson was also involved with Bloodline. So, you know, he was Mm -hmm. talking to Claudia Gray. I I don't know how how much contact they had with each other, but he was involved with the things that were and weren't included in that book. So things are definitely connected. I mean, haven't we heard that he already filmed a scene for episode nine? Like Colin asked him to do something because they were going to be in a set place at a set time. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, that definitely did Ooh. happen. Yeah, but we don't know what it is yet, obviously, <laughs> but it just kind of tells you that they are they are working together and talking with each other, and that makes sense. Like, I'm so excited, but so nervous. I guess we're just having to kind of wait on the announcement of who's taking over. And again, I guess, I think they already know. I'm sure. you don't You don't fire someone from a position unless you've got someone to fill a slot. like Or at least a pretty damn good idea. Mm -hmm. Because we knew about Ron Howard, or not knew, but rumor was Ron Howard Mm -hmm. the second Lord and Miller were fired. Mm -hmm. So it kind of seems like they, before they announced this, and also just on fingers crossed news, Ryan did tweet a bit ago that he would love to direct another Star Wars movie. (laughs) He would do it in a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, looking back, it's hard not to look deeper into that now, isn't it? And think, hmm, I, were totally they already know. having conversations? Because, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have to assume that this isn't such, like, an urgent decision. And it seems like for a while with the replacement of uh, Jack Thorne, or Colin Trevorrow as the writer with Jack Thorne, that this has been kind of, like, a long time coming. Yeah. And obviously not every like Hollywood website is reliable, but uh, uh, articles were coming out that said that uh, Colin Trevorrow and Kathleen Kennedy didn't really get along. And I mean, we heard the same thing with Lord and Miller. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, every time they say that about Kathleen Kennedy not seeing eye to eye with them, that makes me feel like she really does have a strong vision of what she wants. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it makes me go like, good, because I think I like the same thing that Kathleen Kennedy likes. It, everything she's said in interviews, I love. And when people complain about Kathleen Kennedy and think that she does, doesn't have a hold on the situation, until Lucasfilm come out, comes out with a bad movie, mm-hmm. at least under her reign, 
I totally trust your decisions. Mm -hmm. Do I think the decision probably should have been different to begin with? Especially with episode nine? Oh, absolutely. Yes, but they're changing it early, and this time before they started filming? I, like, I do think that the Han Solo movie is still going to be a train wreck, but at least I'll be like, well, it's probably better than it was going to be in the beginning, so. I'm like, I think it'll still be maybe like a fine film, but I, I think I'll be petty about it. I won't lie. I won't lie when I'm petty. As a Leia fan, I think I'm going to be very petty, That's true, petty yeah. about it. If it's true about we'll Kura. <laughs> Are you guys reading the Leia book? I just started today, so I'm not very far, but I I love Claudia Gray. I just want her to write everything. Can she direct Same. Can they make a Lost Stars movie? I know they never will, but please, I love Lost Stars. Maybe one day. Maybe one day it'll be a standalone. You finished the Leia book. Uh, spoiler free, how'd you feel about it? I love it so much oh good i was a bit worried because like you i'm a huge fan of claudia's existing work for star wars mm-hmm. um, and i was just like oh at some point she's gonna do something that i don't completely love but she is so good with leia she just nails her voice characterization is just spot on and i'm so interested to see what you guys think when you finish reading it because mm. Mm, i don't i don't want to be spoilery but there's <laughs> stuff in there that could potentially be controversial to people who are attached to certain things, so... Oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> We're just staring down at it on the floor, like... <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's sitting right next to me. But Ryan Johnson had some nice things to say today. <laughs> I kind of want to just talk about it a little bit. Um, because in Empire Magazine, Ryan had... See, this is where Scavengers Horde, if you guys don't listen to them, you should, because this is where they would read all the actual quotes <laughs> and you get all the proper information. But you're here on Who Talks First, and we so, don't do that. So we're going to get this improv version of what I think Ryan said from when me reading it two days ago. Well, actually, Kirsty, do you know the quote better than I do? Um, I know how it started. He, he said something like, we can all relate to Kylo, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, he was talking about how the themes of Star Wars have always been surrounding, you know, the journey from adolescence to adulthood. And you can look at Rey and apply that to her journey. But he said you can also look at Kylo and see that because he's someone who, obviously, canonically, he's around 29 years old, but he's supposed to metaphorically um, be a teenager who is trying to separate from his family and he's, you know, feeling very isolated and very angry. Um, and then that's relatable for lots of people, um, myself included. So I was very happy to see his quotes, um, but some people were not. Absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, luckily, a lot of nonsense stays on Tumblr, but unfortunately, every now and then it gets it leaks on the Twitter. It goes onto Twitter. And somebody messaged Ryan saying that they can't relate to Kylo because they're not fascists or murderers. And uh, Ryan's, like, tweet chain after that was just so good about the power of storytelling and how you uh, heighten certain events so people can take their own experiences and relate to them. And, I mean, that's part of the reason why I just so trust Ryan with this story. And it's probably a reason a lot of people don't. (laughs) It's, It's interesting because a lot of what he was saying makes total sense right mm-hmm. especially if you're look you're looking at it 
you're looking at Star Wars. So no one takes what they're seeing on screen, literally. Mm-hmm. You can't, because as he pointed out, Luke loses his hand. His father tells him he's his father and chops his hand off. And then the series ends with him loving him and forgiving him and bringing him back to the light. Um, <laughs> it's really not supposed to be literal. It's a fairy tale set in space. Absolutely. So on one hand, it's funny to see him trying to have to explain this to people very patiently. But on the other, it's just kind of sad because, I don't know, you, you kind of come to Star Wars fandom with the, the assumption that people like it for similar reasons to you. Not the same, obviously, because we all come to it with different experiences and values. But there's this, you think that there's this shared understanding of what Star Wars is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but people, I, I understand people are angry with Kylo, but we exactly. don't have the whole Definitely. story yet. <laughs> no, no. And I think, I'm not sure if people like us just think too much about the future and what they could do. Because... I yeah, do think we think a lot about that. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> it's been but the even last in, two years. Even in The Force Awakens, it's pretty clear that you're supposed to relate to Kylo as a human. Like, mm-hmm, even yes. though he's doing terrible things, you see his struggle, you see his conflict. Mm-hmm. Um it seems to be a defining part of the character and it was very apparent even on first viewing for me so i just i'm still kind of confused about this almost moral purity because to me that's kind of antithetical to what star wars is because hello we have vader and anakin there's just kind of a big movement in like fandoms right now but like people being like i'm going to apply all these things that happen in fictional worlds to exactly what would happen in the real world all the time and you're like let people create and create these stories and it's okay that these happen in fictional worlds because it's fiction there's there's a, a certain different level that you apply to fictional stories and the things that happen in real life villains and cartoons and movies and stuff are going to be amplified because no one's actually getting hurt so you have to show their like evilness or their like their deeds have to be explosive for you to be like ah there's cool got it and like specifically with Kylo, from day one at Comic-Con before TFA even came out, Adam's been very adamant that he doesn't consider Kylo a villain. He doesn't play Kylo as a villain. And I feel like every interview that came from any actor uh, or director kind of keeps emphasizing this point. Mm-hmm. And it seems like at least parts of the fandom community are still just so adamantly against it. And at a certain point, I just want to, I just want to tell them, I'm like, I'm just going to let you know, you probably aren't going to like the other movies. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like redemption arcs, I'm surprised you like Star Wars to begin with, mm-hmm. because the first six movies are about humanizing and redeeming Darth Vader. Yeah. It's not even just the movies. It's been pretty common thread through the books as well both oh, in yeah. the eu and the new canon so it's yeah, just with dark yeah. disciple uh i mean rebels has callus right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i can't really speak for the eu the, the, the well, you have, legend stuff but you have Mara jade and knights of the oh, old yeah. republic with basila and revan oh, so absolutely yeah it's <laughs> kind of strange <laughs> okay so i have one of his tweets from earlier here um, he said, but to say it's dangerous to recognize darker fragments of our psyches in characters negates the power and arguably the purpose of storytelling, which is storytelling 101, right? 
you have it to delve does. into these dark dark elements to tell a story that has conflict and people are like afraid of this problematic thing like mm -hmm. they're afraid of things that will make them feel uncomfortable and challenge them it makes storytelling so interesting and the fact people are so against it is frustrating i'm like i can't even put proper words to it because I, right I don't now. i really don't understand it because you can't have a good story and show that things are problematic without talking about these problematic things i like claudia gray talked about this one point and i just think it's such important an important thing to point out not everyone relates to the hero Mm. Not I know, not everyone sees themselves as a hero, and sometimes it takes these villains, and I'm not sure if you saw this uh, tweet, but it was going around on Twitter, and I loved it, and Ryan actually liked it. <laughs> it was a tweet from a school teacher who said, she was like, I hope Kylo for kids uh, can represent that you can fall off the right path, path and not all is lost for you. You can find your way back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's a really important lesson to have. Not everyone is going to have this uh, picture-perfect like hero or heroine journey. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we all go through personal struggles. We all go through crap, uh, given our circumstances. And sometimes people do terrible things, and all they want is to like come back from that. Yeah, look, when you... When you're writing a story and you are forming a, a hero and a villain, you're writing them together, right? Mm -hmm. They're connected in a way that relates to the larger themes of whatever it is you're trying to get your audience to think and feel. Um, so Ray Finn and Kylo Ren are all connected. Like mm -hmm. they embody different parts of the psyche. That's what he's talking about. That um, I don't know, like George Lucas never shied away from the fact that he was like looking at Jungian theory and that was very much part of Campbell's monomyth. So none, mm -hmm. none of this is new. Um, Vader no, not was... at all, which is why I'm so surprised. <laughs> I'm so yeah. surprised people are surprised. Yeah, Vader was Luke's shadow and Kylo is Rey's shadow. So I, I don't really see... They're not reinventing the wheel here, that's the thing. It's just yeah, that right? Kylo's kind of this uncomfortable mix of Anakin and Vader and people kind of prefer to see the two of them as separate. Maybe that's what it is. I, I honestly think that what it, that is what it is. Because a lot of people love Vader but hate Anakin, and you're like, they're the same person. And they're like, no, I don't count that. To be fair, I hate Vader, but I love Anakin. Okay, but that's different because one is a fallen version of it. You know what I mean? I guess that's true. I, I hate that Vader existed and that Anakin turned into him. Mm -hmm. But they're like, oh, no, Anakin and Vader are two different people. And you're like, no, they're not. They're if you really approach not. Anakin and Vader like that, like, you would think you would approach Ben slash Kylo like that, mm -hmm. but I think people can't really see past Han Solo. That's really what they can't see past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which I, I definitely understand being super upset about it, because I'm sure I've talked about this before in the podcast, but Han Solo dying was spoiled for me. I was walking through Disney World, and people were just shouting it. But I, in the long run, I'm happy that I knew. I had like two days to come to terms with it. And so when I watched The Force Awakens for the first time, I got to watch that whole scene for what it was mm -hmm. and it didn't shock me. Didn't I knew really it was coming and I got to really see like how messed up Kylo was. The fact that people were like, Kylo felt 
great after that. Like, what movie did you see? <laughs> what cut of this film? You guys got a different movie. Yeah, I think the beauty of that scene is that you feel terrible for both characters, right? Mm-hmm. That they're, mm-hmm. they're connected through this fractured relationship that we've never seen when it was healthy, if it ever was. <laughs> but you feel, you feel both their pain and that Kylo is tempted to go with him. Like, he's so close to going home and then he chooses not to. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels like a Greek tragedy, you know? It's like epic. Oh, Absolutely. And there's this real catharsis to it. So it's kind of it, it's kind of disturbing that people want to engage with fiction these days so literally it seems like that they, they can't look at Shakespearean or Greek tragedies and see the humanity in them. Because no, you're not supposed to literally identify with and <laughs> and feel like you're Macbeth. You know? <laughs> and relating to some relating to a character doesn't necessarily mean you have to even like them. Mm-mm. It's just that you see the humanity in it because that's what brings the power. That's why exactly. we care. And like that's why we care about this story. That you worded it perfectly. Yeah. I'm guessing a lot of people's opinions of Kylo will change after the Last Jedi. I'm just a little concerned about people who are going to dig their heels in because we've had two years to get very entrenched <laughs> in our ideas. That's exactly my fears. I think one. I feel so bad for Ryan because I know Ryan like tweeted out something a bit ago about he doesn't want to upset anyone and i'm like you have you can't make everyone happy at this point you have two camps on ray's parentage alone Mm -hmm. that are very stuck in their ways and i don't think they will be there's any way you can approach to certain people ray not being a skywalker and then being okay with it Mm um that's i mean I'm on the opposite side. I'm like, you can't approach Ray being a Skywalker and me be okay with it. I'm just like, nope. Nope. Because right now, I mean, I've loved everything Ryan has said about uh, the character journeys people are going through. I think uh, he's like even handling Finn and Rose really well. Um, mm-hmm. He's picking up their stories really well when I don't necessarily think JJ had, a much, had much of a plan. Especially for Finn. Especially for Finn. I think he was like, Alright, Ryan. I think Finn is going to have a great character journey now. Ryan, wake him up, and... (gasps) And here he goes. There you go. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Finn and Rose together. Mm -hmm. Oh, the new pictures that came out in, I think it was Empire, with Rose and Finn. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) They look so cute. It's such like a tall, small... (laughs) I mean, everyone knows I love that, so... It's cute. (laughs) It is really cute. It's funny how they came out with the oh, don't expect a big epic romance thing with the Vanity Fair because the way that they shoot those two characters together, like they give us those photos, I'm like, do you not want me to ship this? <laughs> I, it's so interesting. I'll I'll be really interesting to see how they, I'll be really interested to see how they play out because it's at least pretty clear to me that's how they're promoting it, mm-hmm. and you would think that after. Their misleading advertising with, with the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. they would hopefully learn their lesson a little bit. Um, Are they saying don't ship it? No, no. Oh, okay. I thought they came out and was like, oh, don't expect anything here, and you're like, what? oh, well, they did. Uh, we talked about this before. With uh, uh, Ryan said that there's just not going to be oh, the, a the big Han romance, oh, yeah. the Han and Leia esque. Oh, right. Okay. He also probably, even if he has like romantic inklings in there he probably doesn't want to compare anything he's written to like han and leia Mm -hmm. 
So he was like, he doesn't want to say that he's written the next Han and Leia. Like, uh. At least the way that article was written with the full quote, mm -hmm. it seemed like they were leading up to something in nine. Because he's like, oh, I can't speak for Colin, mm -hmm. but you'll just have to see how it I plays mean, it makes out. sense, because out of the, the original trilogy, the second installment was the more, like, romantic one, right? Mm -hmm. it, that's the one where they, they snog. But, so he's like, oh, don't don't expect that. And I'm like, oh, I'm not. Mm -hmm. But if you have these characters have good chemistry together, I'm gonna ship them. I think it's gonna be cute. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else on the docket? Anything else we want to talk about? Trevorrow? Yeah, I, I think it's the kind of thing that they wouldn't do lightly because mm -hmm. of the precedent. <laughs> now it's just, it's like I said, it's become almost laughable. Like, oh, they fired another Star Wars director. So yeah. they know it does not look good. So if they do it, it means it's got to be a very good reason, which is a little concerning. But at the same time, he hasn't started filming yet, so there's plenty of time for them to fix it. And I do honestly think maybe it really was mutual because Colin seemed to be cracking under the pressure. I'm not sure if uh, either of you yeah. followed him like after the Book of Henry reviews, but he was terrified after mm. like the Book of Henry reviews. It was almost I think like, he has sad. He has a bit of a thin skin just going by what the kind of things he said in interviews. And I understand like being upset if people don't receive your film well. But if you're in the spotlight and you're an artist, you kind of have to accept that not everyone's going to like everything you put out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, he would speak. I suppose it's nice to have someone speak so frankly about that because sometimes people kind of brush it under the carpet and pretend it's no big deal. But yeah, just, if he was struggling with that, then if episode he nine. If he put out Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I think he might have been okay with. Leaving again, obviously I'm speculating here, I don't know that. But with all of the of with all of the crap he was getting about Book of Henry and I mean, Star Wars is gonna be seen by a hundred times, a thousand times more people. Mm -hmm. And and his name's gonna be on that forever. This is the biggest movie franchise, the biggest franchise of all time. I could just see him like in the mirror and he's like are people going to be like, I ruined Star Wars? Are people going to say that? Are people going to call my movie worse than the prequels? Again, I love the prequels, but... And yeah, and you know what? If he had that level of self-awareness and decided he wasn't right for the job, you know, I have respect for him there. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I couldn't if do I, it. <laughs> if anyone listens to our show, they'll know, like, Rachel and I, we're very feminist in our outlook on the stories, and we've had a concern about Colin Trevorrow for quite a while in his depiction mm -hmm. yeah. of female characters. Um, Absolutely. so from that angle, yeah, I, I was worried about what he would do in terms of Ray's story. Um, mm -hmm. and I've never heard him mention Finn in an interview. He always talks about Ray, but Finn, it was like he was, wasn't acknowledged for some strange reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, they are the two leads. So you'd expect him to bring him up, him up once or twice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think it's probably the right decision. Yeah, me too. And I'm glad it came early. Uh, I'm hoping, for, any I'm hoping for a, a good replacement. I bet you it's going to be announced like the second we end. And the... <laughs> the second you finish editing. Oh, yeah. Then it'll just be like me, white noise, depending on who it is, like screaming. <laughs> if yeah, it ended like... up being Ryan, it would feel there would be even more pressure for The Last Jedi, wouldn't there? I, 
I guess so, but at least everything we've heard, Lucasfilm loves everything Ryan's been doing. Mm. So I love Ryan already. And I don't even know him. I don't even know him. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> but if they do bring in someone new, I'd really like them to bring in a woman. Um, just to finish up Ray's story, I think it'd be a, I mean, a good if it was someone like um, Ava DuVernay, she was mm-hmm. consulted by JJ on The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Like was she, she really? Yeah, she had input in some of the scenes, like the, the snow fight scene. She was suggesting things to add in. What? Oh, I, I knew that, but I didn't put two and two together right now. Yeah, he talked about it on the Blu-ray commentary. Yeah. I'm like, I do so... remember that. That's cute. Yeah, and it, as long as... If they bring in a new person... Just just tell me that Ryan will be there, too. Just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure the collaboration is still there. I do feel like it would be. That's how all the movies I think about. I, I would think it would across. be even more the case now mm-hmm. that they would they would have him work with that director. I hope so. And Ryan seems so, like, in love with this job that he enjoyed every bit of it. Mm-hmm. So I hope he's... I think he's more than willing to keep helping out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a Who Talks First. I am one of your hosts. I'm CT. I'm your other host. I'm Solo. And you can find Kirsty over at Scavenger's Horde. And there, is there any other plugs for, for yourself that you want to make? Uh, you can just find me on Twitter there. Um, and we're on SoundCloud and iTunes if people want to listen to us. Yeah, they're basically like the fancy version of us. They talk <laughs> much more properly. Mm-hmm. And they sound a lot less like surfer boys like we do they they sound much better than we do (laughs) if you want the like more structured podcast version of us if you want the intellectual intellectual pod i couldn't even say it (laughs) you can't say intellectual podcast i can't even say intellectual podcast (laughs) go to them (laughs) but uh thank you guys for listening and uh we will see you next time bye